right, everybody. Welcome back to the Disciple Nations podcast. This is Jason here sitting with Sam McVeigh. Good morning. Good morning. It's been a little while, but that's all right. We're back and we've got a lot coming down the pike, right? Uh, it's good. It's good to be back with you, Jason. Yeah, you're a busy guy, huh? <laughs> Things are going on. But you're about to go on sabbatical. I am. I'm going to rest Shabbat in July. Shabbat shalom, sir. Yeah. Shabbat shalom. You're, <laughs> you're way, so brother. Jewish. That's yes, awesome. I, oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Josh will get a kick out of that, yeah, I'm really? sure. Yeah, so, man, welcome back. We've got a couple topics to cover. Um, today, we're going to be talking a little bit about some things that you've got going on with creating resources for the body of Christ. So you've done something like this before. Can you just give me, yep. um, tell me a little bit about what you've done with creating booklets yes. and where people can find those. And then this episode is actually about another booklet that you're creating. Right. Yeah. Right. So about eight to 10 years ago, the idea got planted in us from a friend of mine that it's a partner in West Virginia, where we planted a pastor's training center in Ghana and worked on some stuff there. But I saw that he had written some booklets, not books, but booklets. Mm-hmm. It just really stirred my heart about those being spiritual primers that could be a help for disciples. Discipleship. Um, I'm not anti-books. I like books, uh, but I feel like you can say what you got to say in 15 to 20 pages that primes our spirit and our heart. And so the Holy Spirit can actually become the teacher that takes you even beyond that. Right. But it's, when you don't have the book deal, you can actually not have to meet a certain quota versus on words, right? Well, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. And I don't know about you, but I don't know if I've ever finished a full book. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. I catch the essence. I read the end. I get the middle. Boom. I got it. Right, you know? Right. So anyway, all that to say is that uh, we start producing this. I think we've made, done about seven to 10 of them. And if anyone would want to avail themselves of that, that's on disciplenations.net. And then they can go to the toolbar thing and see right. resources, resources, go to booklets, right. and they can get those online or order them or whatever they want to be. But we wrote some out like the kingdom of God and the gospel of grace and um, spiritual body and spiritual gifts, those kind of things. And just their helps to people. And so we've seen people avail themselves of that and it uh, help um, in their progress. And so we are getting ready to do another set on some subjects that are dear to our heart. Yeah. Good stuff. So yeah. what's this one about? Well, we're going to do one called the, the DNA of Discipleship. One of our booklets was Discipleship. It ended up being, or it's called Intro to Discipleship. You'll see that on the site. But it ended up being almost 100 pages once we oh got done. Goodness, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a little longer than we had expected. Closer to an actual book versus a, little, a booklet. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and again, my friend Spencer uh, wrote that. He's awesome and helped it. And I kept giving him information and it ended up, and I think it's a good resource. But I want to get something. We've got a lot of guys discipling and gals discipling. And that one of the questions is, is do, how do I know I'm staying on track? How do I know, I get it that I spend time, I have relationship, it's an organic process, which is what we believe, but what are, what are some ways that I can tell that I'm, I'm not missing or that I'm walking this out? So from that concern, from some of those that are discipling, we decided to um, uh, write this booklet. Um, and when I say that uh, we, uh, I'm, I'm writing it and uh, Jonathan Brickley is going to help edit. Yeah, he's a good writer. And mm-hmm. so Spencer has moved on to some teaching other places mm-hmm. that helped me with the first set. Right. But I'm going to write these things a little bit. And then Jonathan is just a smart guy, prophetic yeah. guy. He's kind of a good everything, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's really the yeah, yeah. he's a renaissance man. That's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, he does stuff. a good job. So and you know, I, I think this will certainly be uh, highly beneficial. Mm. Obviously, I mean, you feel led to create it. But right. yeah, the, the question is, I think for most leaders, yeah. we, we talk about discipleship, we want to disciple. I mean, God knows we have a deep desire in us, like, Lord, we want to do your work. Here's what you told us to do. 
we want to do it. But many of us are left asking the question, well, how do we do that? Right, right. And so... Yeah, and we've been um, largely a high relational, high organic, um, spirit-led, which everybody I know is trying to do that, but it is an intentional relational process from our perspective, meaning it's not always just the principles and the right. process of... And it doesn't just necessarily happen through meetings. I can have people sit in my meetings 52 times a year where I preach a sermon... And I cannot make a disciple. <laughs> right. And that's a big it's deal. It's so true. It's, it's so, so important. Or they yeah. can maybe even go to Sunday school. Now, it doesn't mean those aren't supplemental and can help the process. We're right. just saying that it can fall short of producing right. a disciple, which is mm-hmm. a spirit-birthed, spirit-led follower of Jesus that's learning to obey and multiplies. It's a really good definition. I'm always interested to hear people's definitions of discipleship. So Holy Spirit birth, born again, spirit led, being led by the spirit and not by themselves. They're following Jesus, which is what it means. They're learners and followers. They're learning to obey because it teaches them to obey, obey all my commands. And then they multiply. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of an important thing to us. More than that. Yeah. I think you hit a good distinction though. You said, you know, we could preach sermons all day long, all the time and, and not make a disciple. And I just think that with a lot of things that we do, our intentions are good and we desire to do what is right and we want to be obedient. And so we do what we know to do. We typically do what we've been trained to do Mm -hmm. or what we've seen done. Jesus talked about only doing what he sees the father do. So obviously he did it perfectly because he was in in perfect relationship, perfect sync with the father. But I think uh, we desire more of a fullness. It's not that it's wrong, but we just haven't experienced the fullness. Yeah, that's good. And so DNA of discipleship, going to help us maybe understand I hope the fullness so. of that. And I, and I want to say this as a kind of a precursor, and we'll say it in the booklet, but um, I'm concerned about discipleship um, falling off the path in two ways. Number one is that one, one side is I'm not intentional at all. It's just a sloppy kind of thing. And I hope it happens while we go to church. Okay. <laughs> right. So I get that. Then there's another side and it's actually growing and there's, and it's coming from sincere, zealous people who believe that there's this step-by-step principled pattern that I do every time with everybody. And if I do it, it's guaranteed that I'll have a disciple making movement. It'll right. multiply. The problem One size is fits all exi- little yeah, cookie cutter. And it's, yep. it's got great principles in it, but it's very, it's almost got, yeah, that intention out or it's got a spirit about it. That's, um, it's, um, it, it's just it feeling like it's, if I do these steps, it'll guarantee an end. Right. And yeah. I just don't think the kingdom works that right, right. way. I think people grow different. They process different. Of course. Yeah. And so I think we need to be sensitive to that. So when we write this booklet, the reason I say that is this is not a, if you do one, two, three, two, seven, then right. it's guaranteed you're going to exactly. have a, yeah. What we're saying is that. And for the, 1495 exactly, a month. Exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> right, 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 right. So what we're saying is that if, if, as you're doing it, we want to have some kind of tool that evaluates what forever has been for 2000 years, I should say, has been the DNA of discipleship. There's a chromosomal thing that is a disciple, a believer in Jesus. That's part of the community of the kingdom. And so we want to last some of those things so you can evaluate and then have a lot of freedom in how you invest and how you do this in people because everybody's different. Sure. And I've always said that discipleship to me is organic and systematic. Yeah, that's good. So you, yes. you are very intentional and you plan to spend time with people. Yes. You have to decide to invest. Right. But then, and so there may be a set time that you get together and you go over kingdom principles and that's great. Right. But then also in the craziness of life, they call you on the phone at 2 a.m. and they have an issue. Yes. Let, let's hope that <laughs> right. it's not 2 a.m., but they call you and they have an issue and then you get to pour into them in that moment. And that's the organic yeah, that's nature really of good. it. So and, it and ebbs and flows and goes back and forth. That's really good. Yeah. yeah. And so, and the overall, I think at the end of the day, I try to tell all my disciples like, 
the Holy Spirit's the chief disciple, exactly. not me. Right. I'm trying to lead you to him. Right. And you got it. You got the book of Acts exploding and you got a lot. You don't have many people going to conferences or even having booklets. <laughs> so True. not that it couldn't have helped, but I'm just saying um, this yeah. thing can spread. And we just want to make sure it doesn't go off rail and you know right. that you're hitting all the pieces. Exactly. That's yeah. good. Well, let's dive in. You've got some points here. Yeah, and- yeah, yeah. So what I laid out and these can be articulated in different ways, uh, but I've got 12 principles. 12 uh, little guides, if you will, of we want to know that this is in a disciple that's a follower of Jesus in the Christian faith. Right. And so we're just going to work through these and and we'll see how that goes. And you. So so number one would be, and I started, you should start probably with God, but I'm starting with the Bible. (laughs) Sure. And I'm one that's against bibliolatry and, you know, that it's not a quadrinity, the Uh Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and the Holy Bible. Bible. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But but, But the Bible is the chief witness apostolic firsthand eyewitness and prophets from, you know what I mean? It's the most miraculous, amazing book. We wrote a book, Why Trust the Bible. I really encourage people to read that because Josh McDowell, I think, did a book, uh, Evidence That Demands a Verdict. It's about mm, right. five inches thick, and yeah. it's it's amazing, but it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So I missioned Spencer back, some uh, the guy that wrote the booklet, to give me in fifteen to twenty pages how how just the common person could make a defense for knowing that the Bible is a supernatural, unique book, right? And that's trustworthy. Yep. And so that Bible, that witness, really that package of revelations is essential for a disciple to know what our source. Anytime we're like we're we're doing it here, even at some level is we're always, um, if you will, uh, we're, we're, we're contextualizing what we're talking about from Bible verses. Exactly. That sets the parameters. That's you right. and I just figuring it's, out how we want to do Christianity. It's the foundation. Yes. Yeah, it's the anchor. It's the it. anchor point for yeah. us. Yeah. So it's it's complete and done, and we believe inerrant, and it's revelational purposes. And so getting a value for um, the Bible and pe- people understanding why it's important, not just religiously, uh, you know what I mean, con- disconnected from, if I read my Bible, God likes me more. That's not true. Right. <laughs> Right. It's, it's a not. huge lie. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. religion. That's religion. He, he exactly. likes me, loves me. I have his righteousness. But now I can know, I can have revelation that helps form my mind, mm-hmm. which is not conformed to him. And so we love the scriptures. Well, it's a witness. Yes. Yeah, Jesus. That's what it is. Yeah. Jesus used the law and the prophets that's to talk exactly to the guys right. on the road to Emmaus, but tell them about himself. Right. And so it, it points, always, always, always points us to Christ. We're making, though, Jesus followers, not Bible followers, but the Bible is the greatest witness on the planet by the Spirit of how to follow Jesus. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and the revelation. of So we want to get that value in there. Number two is then that Bible testifies about God and creation, the scriptural revelation of who God is. This is so simple, who God is and what he's made. So who is this God? Or there's lots of gods talked about. Uh, the, the planet is fairly religious, honestly. You know, I mean, oh, yeah. billions of people talk about a God and believe in a God, but there's lots of different forms of that. So we want to, from the Bible, get the, the, the revelation that our God, we've got one God, hero Israel, the Lord your God is one, mm-hmm. and that he's in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, we all take that for granted, and those listening to this might go, well, yeah, I know that, but that's a huge deal and actually controversial to other religions, especially Islam. They think we're idolaters, that we've, you know, we've got multiple gods, and we're like, no, no, we We've got one God, one God, and three persons, persons yeah. and we can show you that With in different roles. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but we can show you that, and that's very important. And not only is there this God in His unique being, but that He created. 
our first revelation of the Bible is that God didn't just stay alone. He eternally ex existed uh, in, in the past. He's never had a birthday. He just always <laughs> is. But then we pick up our first revelation from our Bible is, and God created. So he's, cre he's producing something that's not him, a creation. He's the uncreated. The uncreated, right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And then he makes these realms of heavens and earth, mm -hmm. the invisible, the, the visible, the natural, the supernatural, and he makes a realm with construct and those kind of things. And so we want to, you know, break out Genesis one and two and have people understand that. And your disciple needs to know that right. he's the source of all things. And so it's the scriptural revelation of who God is, but yeah. it's also revelation of who he revealed himself to. Exactly. And it's their testimony. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and we even get to the purpose of creation. The creation itself is testifying about God. It's language. And, and so the redempt when we when you would consider redemptive history, yep. how what was the span of years concerning that? Was it like, I mean, I don't want to get into like how old the Earth is, that kind of thing. But right, you know, was it, it like four thousand years, two thousand, three thousand years? Well, yeah, if you're going to be a young Earth, it's uh -huh. six thousand. The 6, redemptive history would begin from the fall of Adam from and Eve, the fall, right. and then he slayed the animals and clothed them with the. Uh, the animal skins, you know, mm -hmm. they tried yeah, to figure yeah, yeah. So right there, there's hints and whispers and right. he will crush so, his head. So essentially you have a 6,000 year yeah, right. account or up until we, until they actually put the stamp on the Bible and said, here it is. This is, yes. you know, these are all the writings. Sure. So um, what I'm saying is you have a uh, <clears throat> multi-millennial revelation exactly of the right. nature and the person of God That's exactly right. to humanity. Yes. And the Bible is the best source. Right. It's it's off the chart. I mean, we've we've done some studies that I think the next one Historical. is Homer's Iliad right. was has nine hundred confirming copies or something like that. Uh -huh. no, we'll look at the book. This has five thousand two hundred and something. something manuscripts or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. are that are that are accurate at a high ninety percent level. That are within the generation or second mm -hmm. generation of when it was written. Right. There's just nothing. This should be the primary book written. <laughs> and studied in every college because the way we know Caesar existed is some certain historical facts because we weren't there. Right. And this one passes that test. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so an amazing thing. So then it gives us this revelation about who God is and then his redemptive history with man that's fallen. We find out too, number three, is that there's a, a Satan, that there's this first, a snake <laughs> that's talking. We've got not only God making stuff, but a malevolent force and um, that's attacking the glory of God, lying right. and doing that. That's that sets a huge construct of a two kingdoms in our in our Bible. So we wrote a booklet called The Kingdom of God uh -huh. that's about yep. that. Yeah. It's about right. the crisis of this angel, Lucifer, Ezekiel 28, Isaiah 14. He becomes proud uh, because of his own beauty and then and and executes a rebellion. Yeah. I've heard you talk about that instance, the fall of Satan, apparently. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so I've heard you say that Satan turned in on himself. Yes. And I just remember that phrase because yeah. you talked about how it essentially that's what we do is we turn in on ourselves. It's the and same we, movement. Yeah. Overbloated self-consciousness uh -huh. is another way. He was <laughs> he was crazy God-conscious. Yeah. You know, then he mm -hmm. notices himself. Himself, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there it goes. And it hemorrhages into, that's what I like to teach, the first dark place in all of God's creation mm -hmm. is the heart of an angel. And then it manifests wow. into a third of the angels of what we yeah. hear. We don't know what that number is. Sure. Millions, billions, trillions. I don't know. 
but that's what we get is a fallen kingdom uh-huh. that's in contrast. So right. that's so important so for it, us. Yeah, I was going to ask you, what's the importance of that in the context of discipleship? Why do I need to know yep. about Satan? Yeah, that's great because biblically it hit, we get it quick in Genesis. There's warfare and suffering and pain in the planet. And that's one of the number one reasons that people deny God is because of the suffering and trial. The problem of pain. The problem of pain, yeah. which is being produced from rebellion of, of for Satan and angels and then men that's produced this age that's not normal, what we like to say. This is not what God intended and it's not where it's going to end. Right. We're going to transition out of this age, but it's, it's vital too because the apostle Paul will say our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of wickedness. So knowing in this age of turbulence and trial that human beings are not my main problem. Right. And that's so important in the context of love as well when Jesus comes and gives commandments. So yeah. if I'm becoming a disciple, I'm studying scripture and Jesus is talking about loving your neighbor yeah. as you love yourself. It's important to understand that you're a part of the kingdom of heaven, not a part of the fallen kingdom yes. of Satan. And that, yeah, your enemy is not humanity. That's right. Yeah, that's it's huge. It's a big deal. It's a real big deal. That's why oh, yeah, Ephesians with that. I need you to know, having done all to stand, stand firm mm-hmm. in the armor of God because your battle, boom. And right. that's a guy that's been beat by men, betrayed by men. I mean, human it's beings true. are being really his enemy, it seems. And he's going, I know what's animating this in the back. Wow. Now, they're responsible yeah. to repent, but I know that my primary battle is not that. Yeah. In 1 John 3, it'll say the, very, the Son of God manifested or appeared to destroy the works of the devil. That's a big statement. It's a purpose statement. Not to come against people. Yeah, exactly. That's a big deal. Again, against the Romans, against the Pharisees. Now, they are unwittingly deceived and agreeing with this, if you will, and and need to repent and are accountable for it. But yeah, it's the deception. And And as as disciples, it's probably intended that, or it's implied that we would then go and make disciples. So any human being on the face of the planet is a potential disciple of Jesus Christ and is an image bearer of Absolutely. God. And so it's so important to remember that they're not our enemy. The That's struggle right. is not flesh and blood. And the book of Revelation is going to show us. That's so important. That we he wins. Yeah. You know, I don't hear that taught too often. Yeah. It's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yep. Kingdom conflict and having that perspective. Yeah. So yep. Good. great. So then we have the revelation of man. You've got to have a disciple that understands the anatomy of man. I don't mean that physiologically. We mean spirit, soul, body, body yep. what makes us up. How and you God, wrote a book on that too. Yeah, we did. Spirit, soul, body. We have a booklet and it's about the recipe of man that God from dirt made a body and breathed into it. <laughs> And then yeah, God's recipe book. What's yeah. that look like? <laughs> and then it becomes a living, he becomes a living soul, yeah. a being. And so you've got the three parts of man and breaking that out because of all that's happened because of the fall of man. You know, it's one thing that it was there and we were those, are those three parts, but we became wholly different mm-hmm. when we we're kicked out of that garden. Yeah. That self-consciousness exploded in us mm-hmm. and our soul, the seat of our self-consciousness. It's the root of all of our problems really it's because it gets it the enemy is the one producing the evil in the darkness you but it's our soulishness that comes into agreement with him right the devil yeah. was tempting them not to satan worship to self-worship mm-hmm. why don't you you'll become this if you'll do this god's holding back you know that's that raises i suppose an interesting question we don't have to dive into it too much yep. but the 
oftentimes people ask the question, well, is man inherently evil? Mm -hmm. But based on kind of what you said, Satan has created the evil, but our soulishness, which is just a propensity to sin. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. I I would say that men are born in sin with the Adam nature, nature Mm -hmm. that's dying. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to say inherently, the only thing inherently, it would be in the beginning how God made us. That wasn't how he made us. Right. He made us in his image, which is not. Right. Yep. So you want to give glory and credit to him, yeah. but we have, and we've embraced it. And now we're responsible yeah. for it. And so with that, yeah, the anatomy, and then we, you talk about the call and the fall. We, we oftentimes talk about the fall and why we sin and yeah. we're always focusing on dealing with sin, but yep. you know, people, they lose focus on the mission. And so the original mission was yes. sub- subdue the earth That's and, right. and fill it. That's right. And Christ reinstituted that call That's with exactly the great right. commission. It's very good. Genesis one twenty eight. So yep. important to us. Yep. Yeah. That we would be fruitful, multiply, fill, subdue and rule. Right. And we lose that dominion. The enemy attacked that dominion. You say that often, huh? It just kind of rolls off your tongue. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, a huge deal. It's a big part. Huh? <laughs> yeah. So we, we need to get a good, biblical, appropriate understanding of man. And then we move into then God's development with redemptive history, as you talked about. Uh, number five would be Israel. I don't think there's any way to understand. I think that a believer needs to understand about Israel. It really is. Jesus came as a Jewish man. It's yeah. a Jewish fulfillment of prophecy. It's for all the nations. But it's, it's important, Old Testament and New Testament even, that we understand that God chose a people. He pulled Abram out of a carnal race of men and began to make covenants 2,000 years before Jesus. And Paul will interpret that in Galatians 3. He'll talk about the seed. There's a, a seed promised through which all the nations will be blessed. And he goes, that seed is not, it's not the word's not plural. It's singular, meaning uh, the son would come from his body. One. One. And it's not Isaac. Isaac is an image of him. He's laid down on an altar, raised up off an altar. The father sacrifices his one and only son is what it says there in Genesis. Yeah. I love that because that's what it says. God sent his one and only son. How can make the connection there? Beautiful yeah. pictures all through, but it's that one's coming, a Messiah. The scriptures in Israel's history, he begins to set a people apart, give them law, covenants, and prophecies. And that's the biggest part, really, I think, is mm-hmm. prophecies of what he's going to do on the planet to restore it. Yeah. And they're the people that carry that seed, carry that promise mm-hmm. and manifest that. And so you don't, you don't want to get into, you know what I mean, too, you don't have to get into too many details, but I don't understand how biblically you can understand it unless you know that God has dealt with a people uh, named well, Israel. It's, it's history. It's foundation. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So it's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Jacob's the one that's turned to Israel, who has the 12 sons. And then we have the proliferation of what's Israel and a history of kings and judges and prophets yeah. that are all hurling toward and looking for a Messiah. Right. That they had no clue was going to be a God man. Uh-huh. <laughs> that yeah. God was going to robe himself in a Jewish man's body, mm-hmm. in a Jewish girl's womb. <laughs> it's just, right. it's stunning. I mean, I still contest that. I wonder if Isaiah wet his pants when he wrote, <laughs> and the virgin will be with child, Isaiah 7. And Isaiah 9, and they'll call him Emmanuel, God with us. I mean, you're like, did yeah. I just write that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. I mean, those are f- powerful things. Sure. Resurrection is whispered about. Yeah. And death is going to be ripped off, Isaiah 26, off the nations. Death will be gone. Mm-hmm. You're like, what is, something's right. coming. It's beautiful. That's more than just one little nation that's going to prosper with a King David now. Yeah. This Isaiah is a, 61, yes. so powerful. Powerful. The ministry of Christ. And Jesus will inaugurate yeah. it, Luke 4. 
So yep. that call roots out of Israel, then pours into what's Gentiles, okay? And then number six, obviously, is we get to Jesus, the promised Messiah, who is the God-man. And your Christology, that's the, I mean, we're, all these things are important, but nothing arguably is as important as this. Right. We need to, our disciples to have a high Christology, Right. That they t they study the Christ, God's redemptive purpose, the word become flesh, mm -hmm. that would give them, I mean, powerful, because this is the person who does all the work and that we're in and accomplishes the glory of God for us. Right. He's where we abide. That's he, it. He's the person. That's it. Yeah, Jesus, it's in. a Jesus movement really on the planet, not mm -hmm. Christianity. Christianity is, the, is a description of of the Jesus movement in all its flavors. Right. But we're really, this is about the God man and a messianic, the anointed one. Well, it's so important because you, and it looks like we'll dive into this here yeah. in just a moment, but Jesus came yes. as the promised Messiah. He did all sorts of works and he started instituting the kingdom of God on earth. Yep. The kingdom of heaven is among us. Yep. And he began to live out of the father's heart, healing and, uh, freeing people, liberating people, yeah. setting the captives free, all, yeah. everything from Isaiah 61. And he leaves the earth, and then he sends the Holy Spirit. And so as disciples, we need to know that we are continuing the mission of Christ, and now we are the body of Christ on earth. Yes. Even though he's not here in physical form as himself, but he is here right. in physical form yes. as himself through us. That's good. And that's a huge part of, of our identity. I know we'll look at identity yep. as, of the disciple, but... Yep to to know and study and read about and ingest and digest yeah. everything about who he was and what he did is so it's huge paramount and it's not it doesn't walk. just start in the new testament yeah. he's all over the he's old testament the yeah. he's the main point mm -hmm. he'll say uh, to the pharisees in john 5:39 you you study the scriptures because you think in them is eternal life but mm -hmm. but you don't understand they're about me right. yet you refuse to come to me uh -huh. so he's that's a huge statement he's talking right. about the torah and all of it is about and hurling toward him so that being the purpose he's not just the redeemer he is the redeemer but he's more than that He's the global king that's prophesied of the earth and the rightful inheritor of everything. Mm -hmm. So Psalms 2 is so important to us. We understand him, and we'll talk about that in the booklet. But just to make mention that we find out, again, he's not just going to redeem stuff, but the father in him. It says, why the nations rage? They're raging against God, throwing off his fetters, and then the Lord scoffs from heaven, and his answer is, I'm going to set my king on a holy hill. And then there's this conversation between the Father and the Son, Yahweh in the Godhead, where the Father says, you are my son, today I've begotten you, ask me for the nations, and, and I'll make them your inheritance. Your inheritance yeah. The ends of the earth is your possession. Yeah, That's a comprehensive statement. The ethnos, all the peoples of the earth, ask me, like he did with Solomon. And Solomon said, give me wisdom, ask me for anything. He said to Jesus, ask me for the nations. Ask, do, I want you to do that. Ask me for all the peoples and the ends of the, all the acreage, every river, every mountain, everything. The ends of the earth is your possession, ask me. And I believe we believe Jesus has done that. And he's going to have to, at the end of the psalm, is crush the enemies like pottery. But he's going to, so the gospel, which is our next point, number yeah. seven, is the means of him winning, paying for, redeeming the nations. That's his inheritance. Yes, to get them out of a bad place to go to a good place. We got it. That, I mean, that's huge. I don't, we don't want hell, we want heaven. But the primary reason is so Jesus gets his inheritance. Yeah. He's the rightful inheritor of our soul, of us. He paid for us by his blood, not just to remove our sin, the penalty of sin and wrath, but to purchase, he purchased men for God. Right. 
ransomed. Yeah. yeah. So he might have them. They're the treasure of his heart. That's his spoils, if you will. Uh-huh. He yeah. deserves the day. Why do we do missions? It's so that we might go forward and get the inheritance of Jesus and the nations, and they will be filled with joy and they'll worship him, but he's the rightful heir. So getting that established is what I'm saying is that it's important to get that Christology developed. But then even along with the gospel, the good news, and when we proclaim that, it, I mean, we're heralding a new kingdom in a new way and mm-hmm. a new king and a complete regeneration or kinos creation. It's yes. a completely new way. Yeah. And we talked a little bit about this in the Salty Dogs podcast about how when you come to Christ, there's a complete, it, it, it's not just to add him in here and there, sprinkle yep. a little bit of Jesus on your, your life and your worldview and your purpose. Right. It is a completely new way of thinking and seeing and navigating the world, right. a new worldview, a, a new mission, it's new DNA. And so, yes. yeah, it's so important to the disciple to understand all of these things because we're essentially, we're having to throw out everything that we've known yep. and we have to fill that with what is true and yes. right. So John the Baptist and Jesus come and preach good news, not bad right. news, gospel. Yeah, it's gospel. The good news is the dynamic rule kingdom of God. The king is among us and uh-huh. he's a good king. Yeah. And he's a king that's going to die for his enemies first. Then he's going to go away, wait, send spirit, and then he's coming back yeah. to get what's his. Mm-hmm. And so we want to get that established, and he does that first by the gospel. The first coming is the gospel, the good news of the kingdom and grace. So when that gospel is established in, and our, and our, and our disciples know that, that they've been placed in Christ, then we want to talk about the Holy Spirit. The illiteracy around the Holy Spirit is shocking that he's a gift. He just does, he, Some people equate the Holy Spirit with tongues. Or, or equate Holy right. Spirit just as the one that helps me when I get in trouble. Uh-huh. Instead of the the reward of the gospel, I believe, is the Holy Spirit. God is the reward of his own gospel, and how I have him is the Spirit in me. Right, yeah. John 16, 7 is going to say, Jesus, you're sorrowful I'm going away, but it's for your good. You don't understand. This is good having me. It's going to get better when I actually do the work of redemption, can send myself by my Spirit inside you. And it seems so against what we would desire. Oh, I just wish Jesus was here. I wish I could be alive when Jesus was around Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. And he's like, no, Hey, look, it's better. The Holy spirit's better. That's yeah. That's a statement. (laughs) It's a big statement. Uh And they had seen him heal sick, cast out demons, all that. And so he says, this is better. And so the Holy spirit and the personal spirit, who he is, the third person of Yahweh and exalted in me, how I have relationship with him and how I walk in him which he's the one who executes for me and makes available my identity. The Holy Spirit right. in me yep. makes me a new creation. I'm a new creation. I'm in and this it, Christ. And it's by the Spirit in us that we cry, Abba, Father. And so our new identity is sons and daughters of Christ. Yes. We're sealed. We're marked. And all that's, that's by how the person, the by Holy the Spirit. Spirit. Yep. How is Christ in me? By the Holy Spirit. Yep. How do I walk out the Christ life? By the Holy by Spirit. The Spirit. It's hit by his Spirit in us. It wills us forth to do yes. his works. How do I have power to do his mission? The Holy Spirit. Uh-huh. The Holy Spirit. So I might have mentioned this on another podcast, but I got asked by a mission leader here in Wichita what I thought the biggest problem was missiologically or in the church. And I was like, oh, easy. It's the illiteracy around the person of the Holy Spirit. Uh-huh. Not the gifts, not the what. The person. I think the church has struggles to be spiritual, to be spirit-led, spirit-moved, and spirit-operating to get done what the kingdom of God does. Well, it's because we still navigate this earth through our mindful and emotions. Exactly. And we have to realize that this entire thing from day one is a supernatural thing. From it's, day one. It's spirit hovering over the water, 
spe- a spirit speaking and then from nothing something manifesting. That's right. And so literally, yeah, our it's it's as though from nothing things manifest. We know it's there, but we can't see it. It's by faith. Yes. And so out of the nothing, something is happening. Yes. And we have to believe that that quote unquote something comes from you know. And so yeah, it's it's all supernatural. It's it's invisible for we don't we don't live by by what we see. We right. live by what is unseen. What right. is unseen is eternal. Right. It's spiritual. It yeah. supersedes the natural and what we know. It takes some different faculties to operate in the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And Jesus even said for flesh can understand or spirit flesh can understand the things of That's the spirit. That's right. They're yeah. spiritually discerned. The soulish man, the natural man mm-hmm. can't understand they're spiritually discerned, but the spiritual man judges all things and understands and discerns. Right. And yeah. So but navigating the spirit just because you get the gospel you know, it doesn't mean you're immediately adept at knowing how to walk in the spirit now, right? Which is the bottom being of how I walk this faith, how I walk on the earth, and uh, so we're 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 still kind of prone toward the natural. So we want to teach them about their new identity. That they're the righteous of Christ. They're they're now he's his resume is their resume is how we like to say it. Yeah, it's great. You burn out your resume. He so now I don't know care how I've even acted or felt. I'm in Christ. And I am the righteousness of God. Everything that he is, you are. I am. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about that one day about how we're in Christ and scripture says that uh, he'll make his enemies his footstool. Yes. And so then we think about if we're in Christ and we're seated with him, well then because Christ's enemies are under his feet and his feet are our feet, well then our enemies are under our feet. That's right. Because they're his feet. That's right. And so when we function from that higher way of thinking, well then what what is it on earth that can actually right what can hurt us right you and know? the enemy that what, roars around us is a toothless lion yeah what uh what weapon formed against us will prosper he can't he's got all authority but when we have that we have that bottom up yes. mentality we lose yeah that's right when we have the top down mentality that's right. We're in Christ and we win. Yeah. Yeah. And so we came out of an old Adam identity. Now we're in last Adam identity. And that identity shift takes some training. And right. so we take all the, there's over there 200 verses or so that are in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. And so we want to teach our disciple that. As we do that, then we're also teaching them not only about their identity in Christ, but their relationship. Disciple relationships is their intimacy with Jesus and their fellowship with the church. We put this kind of together, it's, it's two different things, but really that we're relational beings. And so we want to teach them about intimacy with Jesus. I'm in him and now a new creation, but it's, that's not just like a stamp and then I go on with my life. I've actually been saved so I can walk in fellowship with him. Worship, prayer, those kind of things. You know, we're, I'm having a developing and growing intimacy and heart level worship with him. Right. Yeah. And, and what does that really look like when Jesus right. says, come to me, all who are in burden, I'll give you rest. And he says, take my yoke upon you right. and learn from me. That's a, that's a close, intimate it is. relationship it with is. Christ, it walking is. that out Mark, and what that really looks like. Mark chapter three, he'll call the 12 and designate them apostles so that they might be with, with him. him. Then, then, then he might send them to preach and cast out demons, right. but to be with him. Yep. Yeah, I've said that multiple times. The first thing we need to do is be with Christ, and then ministry comes, and with ministry comes right. the supernatural, so it's teaching and then casting out demons. And being with Him mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily have to happen just by, go read your Bible. Right! That's so important. My yeah. goodness. But what happens is people come to the Lord, and then they want the ministry, they want the power. Yes. I just want to do whatever I can for you, Lord, and help me yes. this and that, and I, you know, we're eager and we're right. excited, and Jesus is saying, look, I told you to come and rest. Yes. Not come and do 
do. That's right. But the doing comes. Yes, that's right. That's yep. right. So we're teaching about that vertical, if you will, a way to say it, uh, intimacy, and then about their fellowship relationship with the church. Yeah. That they are not living this on their own. That this God made a body. Often when we see the word you, and you are in uh, Colossians one twenty seven, you are in Christ. Well, it's y'all are in Christ. Right. It's a plural <laughs> use. you. Yeah, you. <laughs> use. Yeah. Use guys. Yeah. yeah. And we got to learn how to, we're a body, an organic body. And disciples need to be trained how to walk with a body. And then there's this power that manifests out of that about their giftings, their callings, how to love one another. How many? There's 30 or more one another's. And I think with that, we need to understand that our relationship with the church is worldwide and it's historical. Yes. It's the church past and it's the church present. That's right. And it's the the Catholic universal universal church. Mm -hmm. Yep. Not it's big C, not just small C. That's right. Although the Lord will place us in smaller communities yeah. for growth, but we have to understand that Holy spirit connection with everybody throughout the world. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So I've not just made a disciple if I've taught them how to be alone with God and go make other disciples. Meaning I inclusive to that is I can teach them how to be in this new organic dynamic community. Yeah. And you know what? It's so important that we not disciple people to the culture of our little C church. I agree. That's good. That's just that exactly right. Now it does. We can get them the. We can have them wear the T-shirt and use the hashtag, and they can check in every that's Sunday right. on Facebook. And <laughs> I mean, it happens, man. Well, that's why church is getting so efficient now. Yeah. It's drive through, come in in twenty minutes. Anyway, yeah. So, sure. Yeah. So there we go. Relationship. Then I want to teach our disciples about, about disciples' warfare. Mm -hmm. That they're in a war. We talked about this earlier, but they're in war with sin and self and strongholds and Satan. There's multiple dynamics. Yeah. You're fighting the sin, the tent, you know, you're not, a, and then you're the self worship and you're having to battle that strongholds or arguments and pretensions and funk that's in our mind. We're being renewed by the transformer. And then Satan himself and all that's battling, you know, so the armor of God and all that we've, it, we've got to teach our disciples how to war. But you know, that's the statement is, is never more true than when I read or when I look at this kind of topic, the statement that says the struggle is real. <laughs> yes. If you've heard that, the struggle yeah. is real. And people Ow. talk about that all the time. And it's true. It's it's tough. It is tough. Yeah. And it's not if you go deeper and get stronger that it stops. I think people oh, are no. in the delusion. If I get stronger in the Lord, I'm gonna, it's gonna no, actually, yeah, it increase. could end up in bodily death. But you're gonna be tempted. You're gonna it's just gonna be huge. It's a war perpetually. And so we've got to train our disciples how to war. Yep. And then we've got lastly just here is number twelve is disciples mission. Um, and that they're knowing and rooted in the inheritance of Jesus and that he's sending us to the nations, that we there is a mission dynamic. Now, it may be across the street in my neighborhood or across the sea into the nations. Either way, there's a sending apostolic dynamic, if you will, about being a disciple of Jesus. Yeah. You don't right. just good that you're out, you're saved and that you're with some people that are saved and we're going to hang on to the end. Uh, it's not normative for you not to be missional. It doesn't have to be the same mission. There's a thousand missions in the way it happens, but we are going, we're going, we're sending. And that's so important too, in making disciples. If we have to make sure that we, in it, it's, it, I want to use the word ecumenical. I know that's like a big word, but it's, it's everybody together yep. on mission, yep. but you also carry your individual mandate and role and calling yes. to live out this mission. Right. And it does look different. And the biggest thing that I think plagues believers, Christians, disciples is the comparison game and thinking that if we're not doing this big thing, going on that mission and reaching this many people that yep. we're not effective in the kingdom. Yeah. Right. And so it's so important it is. to understand mission and mission on a, uh, an individual level, right. but also how that fits in with the greater 
the greater call. That's right. In First Corinthians yeah. 3, Paul said, each to his assigned task. One waters, one plants. And he's showing yeah. us, Apollos does that, I do this. It's part of the same team, mm-hmm. but I got to do my deal. And I don't, I don't do his deal. He doesn't do my deal. Uh, we do this, you know, and then it all yeah. works together. But exactly. everybody's got assignments in the kingdom. Right. And so we want to help them uh, unpack that. So these 12 things really uh, are just little containers of deals that we believe if these 12 are happening, then there's a balance, a wholeness, a health to right. what's happening in a disciple. It may happen in different ways, how you go. You may not start at point one, point two, although we put them in some order of flow. Bible, God, Satan, man, you know what I mean? You see how we flow there. Israel, a people, a Jesus coming out of Israel, his gospel, Holy Spirit, identity, relationships, warfare, and mission. And I think it's important to make the distinction that not this list isn't something that's just meant to be taught and understood. Right. It, it, so if I were to sit here and say, well, I already know about all these things, Sam, well, why right. are you going to teach me about all these things? Right. No, there's such a high level of do and that's exist right. and be within all these things. Yep. That, you know, it, we can't just think that if we have an understanding of it, that we're good. These are huge containers. I think you ought to be a student of almost all these. And we ought to be a student of God and who he is and meditate on that our whole life. But there's so much action concerning that, even with the understanding the Holy Spirit. Yes. Well, then you're also walking by the Spirit, communing with the Spirit, you know, with identity, understanding your identity. But also on a daily basis, I have to remind myself in my prayer, I'm a son of God. And, yes. you know, so there's so much yes, action. There really and is. It, and it's not, it's not works. Don't hear that. Right, right. I'm not work, but from these things and understanding these things, it really informs how I live my life, how I pray, yep. how I minister, how I exist. Yeah, it's good. It's so important. So these things we would count as essentials at level, certain levels, you know what I mean? And me, and I'm saying that to say that it's okay if we don't get solid and set the eschatology of our disciples, I think you ought to talk about it. Jesus coming back. I think you ought to be able to share your conviction. We have some, I have some convictions about that, but it's not the, an essential, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. uh, reformed or this or that, or that, you know what I mean? There's all kinds of periphery constructs about this that are not necessary for a disciple. Yeah. Some of these things are the DNA of what is this new organic organism on the planet. Yeah. They, and, and, and I think you should also make the distinction that you're not trying to indoctrinate people with a certain right, right. theology concerning these things, right? Like right. a hard line, like here's our missiology, here's our eschatology, exactly. here's our, you know, we're, That's right. we're not trying to do that. That's right. At the end of the day, though, our heart is just to, pr- to, to produce some kind of chromosomal test. You go in, they'll test your chromosomes to make uh-huh. sure everything's in order. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. You want to make sure the DNA is set. Yeah. It, it says here that, yes, indeed, you are a disciple yes, of Jesus. Yes, exactly. <laughs> this is you the, are yeah. a human being. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. so you're the species is continuing, if you will. But yeah, we just want to present that as an offering to people. Right. And so when can we expect this, these booklets? Yeah, we're or? looking at, we're hoping to in August to September to okay. have this one and the next session right. we're going to do uh, ready. Right. So if you listen before August or September of 2018, yep. just this is have, coming. have a little patience. It's That's on the exactly way. And right. if you listen after it, they will be available on disciplenations.net. Right. At the resource tab. At the resource tab. Yep. That's good stuff, Sam. I appreciate your heart just for the body of Christ yeah. and your mandate and your call to make disciples, build disciples, resource others to make disciples. It's a big thing. It's, well, a big it's deal. awesome. And thank you, man. You're awesome at this. Ah, You're the thanks. podcast king. <laughs>